Hey, uh, Jonathan, quick question for you. Uh, uh, we know there's zero quarterbacks on the roster. We know they need to be tall, but how slender can they be? Say, weighs less than Noah Kim, but will absolutely terrify the competition? Works best in the woods at night, though, so you might want to keep the whole woodshed moniker after all. Just, I don't know, just let us know. In the meantime, you're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by a slender man who would also terrify the strength and conditioning staff, Kevin Greck. Uh, Greckers, uh, how is your slender self? I'm a three-star slender man! With all of my academic eligibility still intact, so uh, let's go. Let's go! I think uh, Jonathan Smith said something to the effect of... uh, Look, the roster we have on January 1st is the roster that we have, which I think is a cue to you to just scamper on over to the Scandalera Center. Yeah. See if fair, you can't make your way in. I think fair to say he was talking directly to me through camera and through the eyes that he made at me uh, at Brussels mm-hmm. Center. But mm-hmm. that's, we'll discuss that later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, of course, want to thank everyone for listening. And if we could ask, please share the pod uh, with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SpartanerScorePod. Also say uh, the Spotify wrapped came out for podcasters. Uh, just want to give a quick shout-out because there are so many of you who have joined us this year. We really appreciate you listening. Um, and if we – I know everyone asks and we ask every week to to go give that rating. But if you feel so inclined to give us a nice rating, it really would be sincerely appreciated. So, um, Greg, what are we talking about this week? Uh, well, first – We'll talk football. It's a sport that always leads here on the green wall, uh, where there have been further developments in the coaching staff and search. Uh, then we'll talk a little hoops, a little shooty hoop. Uh, talk about uh, the game against Georgia Southern. Hockey was on a bye week, so we'll skip that. But we will talk a little uh, women's shooty hoop as well. Then we'll go off Grand River, uh, talk about the wider world of sport. And then, as always, take your Twitter questions. All right, uh, let's get into it. Head behind that green wall. Uh, And so Jonathan Smith has his introductory press conference, Kevin. Uh, I I don't know how much you're going to glean from a press conference like this. Uh, There were some some interesting quotes that came out. Uh, I think we learned a lot about the search from Alan Haller. Yeah. Uh, Did you have any initial impressions? Uh, I guess let's start with Jonathan Smith uh, from from his words and responses to questions. I think the overall vibe was pretty win the press conference. Uh, He's, there was a lot of candor. He was affable. He answered questions. Well, Um, I had a touching moment with his family. Correct. You liked that because you're one of those fathers that gets sappy talking about (laughs) that kind of stuff. Uh, So it was relatable to you. Um, But overall, I think got to say pleased with it. We've been doing this long enough that this is just not our first <laughs> head football coach uh, press conference. Oh. And I think the feedback that we had after the last one is maybe he'll get better at it, which is not something <laughs> yeah, that, is. that ever ended up happening. Um, but this one's already pretty He's good. He's better on the phone. 
But not in a like totally rehearsed way either. This is not a like grizzled, even like end of his career D'Antonio type of approach where it's just like coaching problem and very little else. Like there was some some actual meat on the bone, I thought, for this. Yeah, it, I I guess I was struck by uh, not wrapped in a bunch of coach speak. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of refreshing. But, and and I don't know if this was so much, I wonder if it was courtesy because there were times that he was getting asked questions that he's like, I don't know, man, I've been here for like 20 minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, but he tried to give, like, I, I, I get the sense that from a, a press relationship standpoint that, that he hopefully will be pretty solid there. Um, and uh, which certainly helps all of us fans who, who follow this stuff. Um, the, it was interesting, uh, you know, him being from the West Coast, there there were certainly, uh, if you had told me that he was a Michigander, I wouldn't have been surprised by that. Yeah. I guess by sort of uh, temperament. Definitely has it, a bit of a Pacific Northwest vibe, but it, it's like, a, it's not Seattle vibe. It's like, a, right. it's a little bit more blue collar than that. Corvallis? Yeah. Uh, Which uh, is funny, because he was born in Pasadena. That's right. Anyway, I, I definitely got the sense, given the way he talked about his family, the decision to move, that um, this didn't, it's early on, but I don't get any sort of hollow, maybe this is a stepping stone vibes off of him. I mean, mm-hmm. time will tell on all of that, but it it did seem pretty heartfelt that moving his family was a big deal. And making the decision to leave his alma mater was a big deal. Yeah. But that he came here because of the resources and the opportunity to do more than he would have been able to do at Oregon State. Um, And there aren't many of those jobs in the country anymore. And Michigan State's one of them. So, like, I don't, you know, I I just didn't get the sense that unless he gets the itch for maybe the NFL or something that I'm not particularly worried about. Which he has no there being another job coaching experience in the NFL. His coaching experience is 100% right. college. Um, I did think that that, I mean, maybe we talk about this when we go off Grand River, but it's more obvious now than ever that it's a power two conference situation. Yeah. Like there were effectively two Big Ten championship games this weekend. I actually yeah. watched the one that was the, West Big Ten Championship game. Didn't bother watching the yep. one that was the more traditional Big Ten Championship game. Um, and then also the fact that Florida State gets left out of the college football playoff because the committee thinks they can't do it without a quarterback, even though they just won their conference championship yeah. without him. Um, it just kind of goes we'll get to show it. that like there truly are just two conferences at this point, effectively. And you need to be in one of those two to be relevant at this point. Um, yeah. Other thing I think that struck me, he had a pretty good uh, introduction to the fan base at Breslin Center the following day. Not quite as good as Indiana's coach. Did you see Indiana, uh, Mr. James Madison? Dude, dude crushed it. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know what to say. I, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Like, I think he's right. Purdue does suck. And so does Michigan and Ohio State. Here, here. When, when, he, when I saw the quotes rolling out from his time at Lucas Oil 
stadium or field or whatever it's called where he's like we'll be in the championship next year i was like ooh cringe but i hadn't seen him before and then seeing the halftime at the the basketball game i was like i like you i like you i hope you stick around i hope you're very successful yeah because you'll leave. You will leave Indiana, so you won't be here that long. But I, I hope you're very successful. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, um, I don't know that anyone's left Indiana football for greater success. Perhaps ever <laughs> in their career. Um, anyway, so going back to our coach, handled that very well as well. Like, very folksy, very like, we're going to get out and work. Um, so I'm, so far, it seems like a great culture fit. Right. What you, would you think of the uh, the motto he was asked about? Low ego, high output. How I put I mean, that's very D'Antonio y, right? And he yeah. referenced D'Antonio by name. Apparently, he and Coach D sat down for a phone conversation and then also had a little, had a beer, you know, sat down in person. Uh, referenced Izzo right there a couple times. Like, it probably doesn't seem like anything to most most football coaches when they come in here, like how big an asset Tom Izzo can be for you if you'll let him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know what? That's something that, that Tucker took advantage of. Keon Coleman and Malik Carr both played basketball um, or played basketball enough for one of them to stick around. So <laughs> I, I just, I, I think I know we'll get into the attrition into the, uh, into the transfer portal here in a minute, but overall, I have to say, seems like a promising fit for a Michigan State head coach at the moment. Yeah, I, I guess we will. Yeah, we'll get into names here in a second, but I did appreciate also that uh, he seemed cool with the players were in the portal, and that didn't mean they were gone. No hard feelings. I get it. Like I just you should this. do that. Right, like I, you know, uh, you know that he introduced himself. Right, there's work to be done. Maybe some will stay, some won't. Like, totally get it. Not a big deal. And I don't know, I don't know what else he's supposed to do, but I, that seemed like uh, the level of empathy required to be effective to to be a program builder who also needs to be effective in the modern age. Right. Yeah. You can't be a hard ass if you expect to retain players in the same way. He also had a line, though, that uh, uh, that reminded me very much of Tom Izzo. He said something, you you can only coach your players as hard as you love them, mm-hmm. uh, which felt very Izzo to me. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I guess time will tell if this works out, but from a a fit standpoint, it seems that this is uh, maybe the lane that we're supposed to be in, Do you, I, which actually is, a, is maybe a question to, to quick, quickly uh, pounce on. Do you think in some way that we lost our way with what we, what we tried to do with Mel Tucker? Well, I mean, the photo shoot stuff felt very foreign for what I know MSU to be. And then like he got mm-hmm. away from that last year. Turns out we're hearing more and more he got away from everything in the last year. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I don't know. I think it's an incomplete experiment of what Mel Tucker was starting to try to do here. 
Sure. Like he clearly had, had a better knack or just had better timing with getting more resources than Mark D'Antonio ever had. It was working to a degree. He had heat. We all, I think we all remembered the social media numbers about like MSU's fan engagement last year on social media. And right. like, I don't care that much about social media, but it does, it does matter, especially to high school kids. Um, the NIL stuff, I think maybe we'll get into, into a greater today or yeah. greater detail at some point, but I, I don't know. We didn't really ever see a prolonged period of Mel Tucker operating in this new model. So I don't know if it would have failed the way that he failed artificially, like not, not he didn't fail in the traditional way. You know, we moved on for another reason. Uh, but what, what we're seeing now with Jonathan Smith is much more in line with what I would expect from an MSU football head coach that has had success. Interesting side note in all of this, I, people online kind of know that I was at the game uh, on Tuesday where he was introduced. And being Jer Bear's arm candy to the game has its, <laughs> has its trappings. Uh, it also has its expectations, but that, we'll discuss that later. Um, so one of, the, one of the benefits is there's a little fancy back room at uh, Broslin Center, and he was in there. And I was talking about this with our social media manager after the game. Usually in these situations, you expect these people, whether it's like the president of the university or whomever, someone in politics, brand new football coach, they just got introduced to be in like politics mode, right? Like going from person to person. He knows everyone there, has nice tickets. Um, kind of politician mode, so to speak, is what you expect in these types of rooms. Yeah. Not the Jonathan Smith way. Stood in, queued in line with everyone else to get some nachos and some little like chicken skewers that weren't very good. <laughs> Sat down at a table with some people that I don't even know who they were. Now, maybe if I knew who they were, it'd be like, oh yeah, that's the table you got to sit at if you're Jonathan Smith. You got to get blah, blah, blah. But it, it, he just seemed like another normal dude in that room, just like everyone else, except for he had you know, MSU media relations escort him out the back door like right. shortly before, <laughs> before the half ended. So like just a normal dude, like I would bet that there were people in that room did, that didn't even know that Jonathan Smith was in the room. Um, yeah. So anyway, just different vibe than we were seeing before. Uh, all right. So, uh, a couple other things, uh, we learned a, a bit about his contract. Uh, there's a lot more details to come out, but I think the the high, high note is, uh, uh, the TLDR, if you will, is that his salary is going to be 7.25 million, which puts him in fourth, I believe in the big 10, uh, which that sounds right. Yeah. And, and uh, I think top 15 nationally, right? Top 15, top 20. Just yeah. outside the top Sounds ten, right. somewhere in there, and and I I think it's in, I think that's right for a couple of reasons, right? Like if you're a serious program or want to be a serious program, that's a very good salary. Yep. That is market for a, a for for the kind of program you want to lead. What we also know though, is that there's more. If if you do what 
we aspire for you to do, then there's more money that can come your way. That MSU is willing to pony up more to make you a truly top level paid coach. Um, so that number sounds right and good, and hopefully he he earns it. Um, we also learned a little bit about uh, the search from Alan Haller. Um, much tighter circle circle than we realized. Uh, I guess he <clears throat> spoke with uh, three different constituencies, donors and alum, uh, former players and current players, uh, to to gather what they wanted to see in a coach mm-hmm. and then use that criteria to find a coach. Um, we learned that uh, he was going to do one other interview and then just decided not to because he's like, <laughs> I found the guy. Um, uh, and then I think I heard Sheehan say this. Uh, so I, I'm banking on him, but apparently was also flying out of a private airport to go meet with people so that you couldn't track tail numbers, which wow. Clever. I mean, but we talked about it last week. He and Jonathan Smith talked about this, that he appreciated the way in which Alan Haller conducted this business and building that relationship is important to, to winning a coach over. So, uh, well done, um, to Alan Haller once again. Uh, Okay. Maybe some other interesting things to talk about. Assistance. Uh, I think we talked about the quote, maybe it was last week. We, no, we, we, talk, we didn't talk about this, that uh, when told he had 53 support staff, he says, oh, that's way too many. I don't need that many people. I'm, I'm curious your reaction to that. I do. Because on the one hand, quaint and folksy. On the other hand, what's a big boy program do? I, I was going to say, I do wonder if that's a little naive. I wonder if maybe... When all told and he tallies everything up, he looks at the roster of his staff and goes, oh, 51. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. That's getting really close to 53, which I said I need. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, just look at the basketball program, man. There's more people involved in the basketball program than there are student athletes. Yeah, they're taking up, like, a whole corner of the lower bowl. Right. So, like, that's... The basketball program. So yeah. I'm not surprised that it's 53. I bet Alabama's up to like 80. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and that's just like with the 20 former division one head coaches that are now consultants over there. Um, yeah. But, uh, film. but uh, I, I think it's a very, it's a very generous amount of money, right? Uh, it's just under people are comparing it to Texas A&M because oh. we're the two programs. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about that yet. Yeah. So yeah, which is cause I wanted to chat about that. So the salary pool is 10.75 million for his assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. I have questions. Uh, because well, let's, start with, let's start with in context. That's very close to what Texas A&M is paying. Elko. Yeah, it's a quarter million dollars less than, yeah, what Elko's getting at, at AM. Which is basically, like, the context is, it's comparing to a program that just throws money around on purpose mm-hmm. for the sake of it, basically. And we're right yep. there. The question that I have, and I think this is what you might be getting to, is if, if he's retaining a good portion of his staff, and that's, we can go there next, um... Are we just handing out money to dudes for no for no reason? Are we making the yeah. same mistake that we just made with Tucker's staff all over again? 
Is yeah, that where you were it, headed with that? Yeah, because dear listener Jay Johnson, that Jay Johnson was, I believe, the fifth highest paid offensive coordinator in the country. Fifth highest paid and fifth lowest performing. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I. So, look, his staff that he's bringing over, they clearly built something over there. It makes a lot of sense why, if you're going to build something, you'd bring a lot of those folks with you. Mm-hmm. Also, as we pointed out, thirty-three point something points per game. I'll take some of that, please. Yeah. Uh, but. I don't know that Brian Lindgren, that's the offensive coordinator, for those who are still got their name cards out, uh, I don't know that anyone was coming around trying to poach him. And so what is Brian's market rate? And I wonder if that's what he's actually getting at MSU, or is he going to get more than that just merely because there's a, a money pool? Yeah, I, to, be, to be completely transparent, I don't mind these guys getting a bump. As they come over, like no, they they graduated up a program. Yep, and they've moved across the country. They deserve a little extra. They do. Yeah. However, if we if we're just paying for the sake of paying, if, if he gets a hundred percent, right? He gets if Brian's doubled, a top five paid offensive coordinator, right? Uh, there, there's nothing in his track record to suggest that that he deserves that, right? So we don't know what the coach's salaries that he's re- that Jonathan Smith is retaining, what those look like. But I yeah. would want to see a substantial portion of this money allocated to the defensive coordinator. I would want you to go get someone, get a name, go, yeah. go shopping. Um, and then, of course, give your guys that are loyal to you a bump as well. They definitely deserve it. Uh, but I don't want to, I don't want to find out that these guys doubled their salary for the sake of doubling their salary just because they moved to MSU. Yeah. And I think, I think I focus on the top five thing because it's about comparison, right? That, it, so whatever the number is, like if he gets paid $900,000 and that may well be double what his salary was. Uh, okay. I, I, like, but it, it doesn't put him in the top five, right? That you're, it's in the same way that you're, you're seven point two five million a year that you're getting, Jonathan Smith, puts you at the market rate for the program we aspire to be. Um, but there's more to be given if you earn it. Then I would expect the same out of out of his dudes. Uh, speaking of which, Kevin. We're keeping two. Before we move on, do you want to know what the monthly salary was for Jay Johnson at $1.53 million a year? What, oh, it was 1.5. It was 1.53, wasn't it? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, I believe you. $127,000 right. a month for that performance. Anyway. 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 I'm, anyway. I'm anyway. mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. Anyway, 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 anyway. Do you think? Do you think he ever told Ross Ells, "I make what you make in five months"? I don't care. If you know what, honestly, those two fight. He earned his money if he made Ross Ells sad. Because I want to make Ross Ells sad. So if that worked, he dropped that line on Ross Ells. Then fine, good. 
It's not my money. As people on internet like to throw around. It's not my money. Yeah. Do you buy that argument of like, who cares what they make? It's not my money. I don't. It is, though. Yeah. First of all, it is. It, it literally is your money. It's not my money. It's your money, though, because you're a taxpayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, it is... It is something that we are invested in, how mm-hmm. our university is allocating resources. Right. And if you're going to allocate resources in dumb ways, not only does that affect the the, the financial wellness of the institution as a whole, but it's also stupid. And I care about not being stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, Jay Johnson was terrible at his job. It was stupid. He was ever paid that much money. There's nothing in his track record that ever indicated that never he should it. make that money. Nope. Never justified. Like, even if, even with the uh, you know Mel Tucker's new contract, there's no reason Jay Johnson should have gotten more money. There were other dudes. I would have rather you paid BT Jordan more money. Yeah. Like, this is why you're that, so glad that when Tucker got that hundred thousand dollar bonus, he kept it all for himself and didn't give any to Jay Johnson. That's your favorite thing oh, that remember, ever happened. Yep. Remember, yeah, all of that outrage. Oh my god! Yeah, name name an assistant who deserved that money. <sighs> that was like a little bit like who cares, but a little bit like the guy with the giant contract just kept the hundred k. <laughs> just get, yeah, like, like you should have given that to like your your GAs or something. You should have given it to someone. You can't just allocate it directly to yourself. You can, you don't even know. When that shows up, you've got to go into your into your uh, HRIS portal and compare paychecks to even figure out when that hundred k figure like showed up to be like, oh, where was it? Which line item was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They told him, and he's like, huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> just never, never knew it was there. Um, Before we move on, all right, I'm going crazy right now. We're on the subject of Tucker. Are you a yeah. little bit surprised he didn't make a peep this week? I mean, I got to imagine that there are ongoing conversations with him. and It basically confirms time, it, right? That there there is some kind of negotiation going on right now with his buyout. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he would... The, I hope he came to his senses because he would do well to just shut up. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is that the way he left just compounded the woes he already was going to have reentering the coaching profession. Right. Because he, he went out with two birds. And so like it just, hopefully his attorneys or he just calmed down and, and realized that maybe he needs to not say anything. Do you think, is there a, sound legal argument for stirring it up like that. Uh, like I, I'm reminded a little bit, and I think we thought that this would go a little bit in the direction of the, uh, of the, what's his st- name litigation, the Curtis, Curtis Blackwell litiga- litigation, or at least it could head in that direction. I, is it better off to just be two parties acting in good faith and just kind of come to a quiet agreement? Like, does that actually net benefit him in the end? Make it less adversarial? I I mean, 
does the university's willingness to go to the mattresses with Curtis Blackwell give Tucker's lawyers pause a little bit about going down that path? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I'm not an employment lawyer, but there's nothing... <laughs> I just, I think they're offering up attorney's fees at this point in time. Like, how much would it cost us to litigate this? We'll cut you a check for that. Mm -hmm. Because I, I can't see any colorable argument for why he should have kept his job. <laughs> Like, <laughs> but but something the Title IX investigation was a sham, and something something standing something something. Yeah, right. Thanks, Will. <laughs> um, the I just I don't get it. Uh, but it seems like we, if it was going to happen, this would be the week to do it. A lot of MSU news. Lot university wants its limelight right now. If I were if I were his attorneys and I was like, let's stir the pot a little bit, this is the week that I would have done it. And they didn't. Yeah. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I I also think he's got to think long and hard about what he wants to do for the rest of his life. And and does he want to continue to coach or is he good with the money that he has? And, and maybe that's that. Because um, if he wants to coach again, then I think there's something to doing this quietly. Um, Can they do that's it in his best interest? Quietly. If if the university is going to pay him, the board is going to have to authorize that payment at some point. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, uh, that's an interesting question. I was wondering about that, like, I not knowing enough about FOIA or Michigan's open record laws. Uh, also, like, a lot of times contracts in and of themselves are confidential information, the existence mm -hmm. of a contract. And well, the so, board has to do lots of payroll stuff. If you, if you stick around in these board meetings after the, after all the public comment and the, the fireworks, there's a lot of rubber stamping of like Dean, whatever he gets paid $40 more for this, blah, 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 blah. Like a lot right. of that stuff just sort of goes through. And I assume that whatever settlement the university comes to with Tucker would also have to go through that process. Yeah, probably. Mm, probably. Anyway. I don't know. If, and I don't know if there's anything, uh, if someone wanted to keep a settlement confidential though, um, I don't know if the university is allowed to do that under, I bet they're um, not. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, cause you could see a, a situation where a party wants to settle something confidentially with the university. Right. Um, and, Interesting. Uh, I don't know enough. Uh, Good thing I uh, sidetracked us, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Courtney Hawkins uh, and Harlan Burnett have been reported to be retained by the staff. Do you think these are um, long-term moves, short-term moves? I'm going to hold out hope that Courtney Hawkins is the coach that I hope he is, despite the fact that I... For it's everyone that's like Courtney Hawkins has never produced anything, Keon Coleman should have been on the team this year. Keon Coleman Reed. went and produced day one at Florida State. To me, that's this program's uh, yeah. you know, development of him. 
I don't know that Jalen Naylor would have been a pro. Uh, and and the fact of the matter is, is as excellent as Kenneth Walker was and is, he benefited from wide receivers who also were more than happy to block for him. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, TBD, I guess, on Barnett's title, what he's Roll. doing here. Courtney Hawkins, we assume, is wide receiver. All right, let's talk some attrition, Kevin, and then we're going to end on a celebratory note. Uh, Henry Hasselbeck, the quarterback uh, commit, has decommitted from uh, MSU. Mm-hmm. Says that the conversation is going to be ongoing with Michigan State, but um, this is noteworthy because we have no quarterbacks. Um, but you would think that's appealing to a high school quarterback, but I mean, it basically just goes to show everyone's expecting portal action for MSU in the quarterback. Yeah. Which is why this podcast, in spite of making it the subject of our cold open, I'm not that concerned about this. No, which, so yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, Noah Kim, Sam Levitt and Katen Hauser are all in the portal as well. Uh, also, Sam, uh, Sam Levitt, remember last week when we asked out loud, isn't he from Oregon? I bet they know each other. <laughs> Ends up Sam Levitt has a long memory because was not offered by Oregon State and took that a little personal. Uh, it's the uh, it's the Michael Jordan uh, meme. Yeah. Um, or yeah. no, the uh, the Isaiah uh, Isaiah. Thomas? Thomas. Thomas? I, Stewart? Stewart? Which which one from the bad boys? That one. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Uh, and I took that personally. Um, wait. Where's that Jordan? I'm getting my memes mixed up. Doesn't matter. Uh, Be more so online, said, Michael. Yeah. You're not online enough. That's what we just learned. Uh, so Sam Levitt said, I'm done here. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Jonathan Smith tries his darndest. Sounds like it might not be worthwhile barking up that tree. Other folks who have entered from the offensive line, Brandon Baldwin, Gino Vandemark, Ethan Boyd, and Kevin Wigginton are all in the portal. Um, From the wide receiver room, Christian Fitzpatrick uh, and Tyrell Henry have both entered the uh, transfer portal. Uh, Darius Snow from the defense and Derek Harmon from the defense have both entered the transfer portal. Um, the O-line I assume is going to get re-recruited. We'll see some of those guys come back. I suspect. Yeah. I, um, I think a number of these guys will end up back at MSU. Yeah. For some of them, the question is, will there be a spot when they come back? Like, I don't know. Yeah. TBD. Uh, I think some of these names will end up on the roster next year, though. Yep. Not a Uh, lot, but... I'm surprised there hasn't been more on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, I think the portal officially opens tomorrow, so so as of this publication, we could be... uh, that, That sentence could have been... Yeah. Very wrong. It could be a bloodbath. I mean, it's definitely going to be a longer list this time. But dear listener, by the time you listen to this, this will be an incomplete list. We just don't know 
how incomplete. Yeah. Uh, all right. Happy news, I guess. Uh, MSU players were selected for honorable mentions in the Big Ten Awards. Cal Halliday, Aaron Brule, Jonathan Kim, Jaden Mangum, and Simeon Barrow, all Big Ten honorable mentions. Uh, note, not an offensive player on that list. Uh, and then Big Ten second team, Ryan Eckley, redshirt freshman punter, to which I have to say again, Kevin, I'm tired of our punter being our best player. Two years in a row. <laughs> what are we? Iowa? Like, ugh. Uh, I mean, this is the university that produced the Big Ten award namesake punter. So it makes sense. This is punter you, Michael Jones. Punter you. Uh, all right. Should we talk about yeah, hoops? Brutal. And also, thank God for Ryan Eckley that we had one player on the. First it was so or embarrassing. Team, like God, this should never happen. This should, this should be fireable. If you're a coordinator and you can't get one player on the All Big Ten first or second team at Michigan State, you should be fired. That that should be disqualifying for you and your job. Yeah, and actually, this might be a, a nice little circle back moment for uh, Jonathan Smith uh, and and the offense that he runs anyway. Because um, as a lot of folks have pointed out, that a lot of Jay Johnson's concepts were uh, going to get a guy one-on-one, go make a play, right? And that's great if you have pros guys. on your team. Right. But you know, when lined up on the other side of the ball or a bunch of pros and you don't have them, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to sputter. Um, Ryan, Jonathan Smith's, uh, offense, first of all, uses, uh, lots of motion, uh, which really helps your quarterback understand exactly what he's looking at in front of him, but is drawn up to make players look good. It is, it is not a, just go beat the other dude. It's I've made a scheme. So you will be open. There is a read that makes you available. Um, and so it will be nice, hopefully to have players that we like and cheer for because they're producing, whether they end up being NFL talent or not, Mm -hmm. because we are not NFL fans here. We're college football fans. And I would like my college football team to be good. So anyway, shooty hoops, shooty hoop. Uh, so we kind of already talked about the game, Georgia Southern, uh, basically the worst team that we've played so far ever. Um, I did think it was funny five minutes in the uh, second half and they'd already scored as many points as the entire first half. That was a good time. Was that funny? Was that funny? Uh, it was a little bit funny cause it didn't matter. Um, so big takeaways here. I mean, really in a, in a game like this, the question is, do we feel any better about the team overall? And a couple things I would point out. One, this is a club that still shot five for 18 from three. We are currently 
331st in the country in three-point shooting. And Big Ten play starts this week. Uh, so don't feel better I'll about be that. Uh, do you feel any better about AJ Hogard and Jay Nakins after this game? Uh, I feel fine. Um, no, no, I don't. If I'm being honest, no, there there was, but there was nothing in this game that was truly going to make it, make me feel better. Unless both of them came out and suddenly learned how to shoot again, then no, um, AJ Hilgard is the third point guard off the bench. That's not great. Um, Jade Nakins goes one for four from three. Now, did have team high 14 points and two blocks, but like he was playing against a 5'11 dude, I think. Like he yeah. should have a good game. I mean, the encouraging thing is that they scored 86 points and they were distributed amongst the team pretty evenly. But there's there's nothing here to suggest that we're and and the more that I think about it, you know, there's there's oftentimes a correlation um, between free throw shooting and three point shooting. You know, if someone's a good free throw shooter, then then you you suspect that maybe they'll be able to develop a a, a three point shot. Well, there's also correlation on this team because for free throw shooting, we are 277th in the country. Right. And that's exactly what I was getting at is that it, the, the shots are broken. I don't, I don't. And, and those guys could shoot and now they can't. And the fact that it's, it, it's not as simple as blaming the spacing and talking about Joey Hauser. I, I mean, th- there's a fair conversation to be had there, but the reality is, is that the shot is broken. And the reason you know it's broken is because the free throw shooting is still bad too. Yeah. And so, um, and because so many of these threes that are missed are open threes. Yeah. I so I don't I don't know if there's just a a case of the yips going around. Like I don't know if they need to get a sports psychologist in there. I, I truly I have no explanation for it. But we are well past the point where you can just say it's an anomaly. Mm-hmm. It's not. This is a problem. And so <clears throat> Which is all the more reason that, and I know AJ Hogard had twelve points and went four for six from the field, but like you can't, he can't take games off. He can't take halves off. He can't take the first five minutes off. Like our point guard needs to create. So I, I'm not on. I didn't learn anything in this game. The first half was fun to watch. The second half was whatever. But like. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to talk about with this game and AJ Hogard kind of like leads me into it is Jeremy fears had a really good game and you can kind of tell the energy that he brings advances the team. And I think the sooner he takes over for AJ or is in a position to take over for AJ, the better it'll be for this team. I mean, I thought he played really well in this game. I thought it was obvious that he was kind of floor generaling in a way that mm-hmm. AJ just simply does not. And it, it's very encouraging. The opposite of Xavier Booker in this game. Xavier Booker is playing 
perhaps the worst team that he will see all year should be bad. feasting in a game like this. Feasting. He got dunked on. Got dunked on. Didn't look good in his 12 minutes. Like, I I know that we got excited because he's a McDonald's All-American. For a time, he was top three recruit or whatever. He does For a minute, he was top one recruit. He does not look like it to me. Like, I, we just have not seen this player. He only looks comfortable at the three-point line putting up a shot. And in this game, he was one for three from, from three. So, like, we see... I think see, he's shooting 18%. We see glimpses from other guys. We're not seeing anything from Xavier Booker, even under the best of circumstances. Like, there's yeah, not and, a Big Ten and, opponent where all of a sudden Xavier Booker's going to come through and light him up. It's just not going to happen. I don't think he's going to get minutes in Penn the second State, half. Maybe like his minutes are going to go to single digits and probably low single digits for the rest of the year. Truly foul trouble situations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Izzo said after the game, uh, I believe that the rotation is going to tighten up to like nine or 10. Um, and he's on the outside of that. With- there's no way yeah. that he's included in that nine or ten right now. I think the other person that he was maybe talking to is Cohen Carr in that, um, who had a uninspiring 17 minutes, uh, four boards, two fouls, two turnovers, one steal, zero points. Again, um, a dude that should be feasting in a game like this. Yep, totally. Uh, and And we've seen it out of car. So like, I'm a little less worried about him being totally excluded from the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly I, I don't for Izzo to say that in the same game that he put AJ in as the third point guard, I don't think he's lying. Um, and, and it makes sense that w- why would Booker play more? Yeah. And, and because you can tell he's, he gets gassed. He takes possessions off on defense he takes more possessions off than on like, it, I mean, it's one thing I think we've seen everybody get caught sleeping. Tyson Walker got caught sleeping in this game. Yeah. It happens. You don't like it, but it happens. But dude, you're six eleven, and some little dude dunked on you, bro. He does not look like what? a college basketball player right now. And, and this he, is a game that is like high grade high school caliber. Like, I mean, it's a lot better than that. I, I should give them more credit than that, uh, George. But it, it, my comp right now for him, for Booker, is Marcus Bingham. It's it, the... Actually, my comp for him is Marcus Bingham in a lot of ways. The, the focus and the energy aren't there or consistent. Wants to shoot the three Just despite having threes. the physical... Despite having the physical skills... To be able the 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 measurables anyway, in theory, to be able to bang down low, like ought to be boarding way more than he is. Like, how are you that tall and pick up two board? Like, I don't yep. understand. I, I so I don't know. Like, we're we're past the point of. I know he needed to play because he's a five star, but you have to wonder like. Was there value and virtue and maybe just redshirt in this year, bro? 
Like, I mean, and by all accounts, they knew there was work that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And they recruited him. His folks knew that. Like, he knew that. Everyone's on the same page, it sounds like. But the non-con but it's a little... is just about over. And you are still a deer in the headlights, my man. Yeah, it's but and for me though, it's the effort stuff. Yeah, that's the part that it's like, you know. And I think Dane Fife was talking about this on the broadcast that for for tall dudes that it's it's a challenge because they're used to just dominating, being being tall, you know. But this was his opportunity to just be tall. Didn't do it. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I guess the one other thing, uh, Stephen Izzo. So close, man. Two so minutes. Uh, what about that behind the back? I taught him that move. It looked like it. <laughs> uh, so MSU's out of the top 25, um, which I knew uh, people were a little bit mad online about. Uh, I thought Kyle Austin had a really good comment, though, which was that there were just 25 other teams that demonstrated they deserved to be in the top 25. It wasn't that they were getting punished for the loss to Arizona. Yeah, but that also gives the uh, the voters a lot of credit that they know that, which I don't think they do. I do think it's as simple sure. as win up, loss down. Yeah. Like, I, honestly, you, you, think, <laughs> yeah. You, you think everyone's out there properly evaluating the tape on everyone? They're not. No. It's not how it works. And it means that MSU uh, will be I, back. They'll win. They'll win games. They'll be back. It'll be fun. But I believe we're still um, top twenty-five in Ken Palm, unless something changed. Uh, uh, yeah, number nineteen, Ken Palm, sixty-four in offense, seven in defense. So you want to hang your hat on something? It's the defense. Um, and, and the defense and has been getting better game after game. Like I would say, yeah. last five games have looked. Pretty, pretty well, good. Well, it has to be if we can't shoot three-pointers, right. Kevin. Yeah. We're going to be the Iowa of basketball. <sighs> Hockey had a bye week. Let's talk some women's hoops for a second. So you want offense, uh, huh? Yeah, MSU, the men's, yeah. the men's team, adjusted offense, number 64, Ken Pomp. Not doing it for you. Well, the women's team is throwing up hundos, three of them so far this year, in seven or eight games. So eight, yeah. eight games. So get down to Breslin. It is true that they really haven't played anyone and the one team with a pulse, uh, Creighton, they, they did lose to. Um, but, <laughs> but still, uh, pretty good. I mean, I, I looked it up. They only had one hundred point game last year. Uh, so, you know, the 300 point games are UDM, Evansville and DePaul, but still like, Exciting game, getting shots up, making yep. buckets. And unfortunately, there isn't a Ken Palm for the women's game, but I'd be interested to see where they are right now if there were. Yeah. Uh, certainly, you don't get 100-point games without playing with some pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Frelick appears to be playing a fun brand of basketball. Um, all right, Kevin, let's head off Grand River. Uh, this has been, I don't know if this has been a happy conversation or not. So let's talk about the presidential search. Woo! Uh, so, uh, listeners, to catch you up on where we left off, uh, the, there were two candidates. One of them got outed and then 
And then was like, Withdrew from consideration. Out. <laughs> we out. <laughs> so now we have one candidate, a chancellor from UNC, who has done two things. One, the faculty senate and the Black Caucus asked for a meeting, and he said, nah, I'm good. Schedule, and then also schedules said, don't line up. I'm really sorry. You're, they're like, you're, we're you're available. Getting you're getting faint. I can't. <laughs> Uh, and then also said that uh, only interested uh, in the job if the board says that they'll stop overstepping. Kevin, I, I'm a little concerned that we're getting a lot of quotes from him now, too. And so this is all playing out very publicly. Yeah. Is, is he made for this? Is he perfect for this? Bro, it seems like it can't possibly end up happening at this point, right? Like, no, it it feels like they have to start over. Yeah, there's no way. What's taking so long? He's the only candidate. He's being asked, it sounds like, to leave North Carolina. So what is the holdup? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And it's and it's alarming that like Alan Haller was able to accomplish what he did, mm-hmm. and the and the and the exact opposite is playing out as it relates to our presidential search right now. And the the search committee did present five names. The board apparently winnowed that down to two, and those two names got out. And it has not been great since. It's been a long time since those two names got out. I I just, I don't see how it could possibly close at this point. It's just not how yep. these things normally operate. It would be very strange for him to actually It'd get It'd be awkward right at now. this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. And you can overcome weird. it. It's not impossible. But it is like, what is the holdup? You don't it have a job. Like we want to give you one. But also, like, it, it feels like we're playing a game of who's getting cucked right now. And, like, <laughs> because it really feels like we've got a weird power dynamic already, which is why I ask, is he perfect for this job? Built for it. All right. Uh so you talked about the Big Ten West champion, uh, which, of course, you were referencing Washington and Oregon playing. Um, it was the final Pac-12 championship. Uh, oh, man. I'm seeing your next thing, and it wanted me to talk about another. It doesn't matter. Uh, it, it was weird seeing all the mascots there. Um, I saw it described online. As a bunch of high school friends all going off to separate colleges next year. And I was like, it does have that energy. It's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Do they have yearbooks with them? Uh, <laughs> Just black and white photo taken. They have a reunion in 15 years. Yeah. It, they might have a reunion in less time than that. I don't know. Well, yeah, because uh, you, you and I were talking yes, yesterday, I mm-hmm. think, about this. that The idea that... Uh, that when when football goes off to its own place, that it will no longer make sense right. 
for soccer to come out to play in Michigan. And it seems like all the stuff happening right now in college sports is just accelerating football peeling off and doing its own thing. And we've talked about this at length. We talked about like whether we would continue to be fans of a football team that is barely even if associated with the university at that point. Um, like certainly they wouldn't be student athletes. It would be like a semi-pro league uh, with college names on the jersey, which is like where this is going. Uh, but then like once that happens, then the pack makes perfect sense again. Then get the band yeah. back together. And it could yeah. happen in like five years. Yeah, it, which I mean. I'll just say, because we don't know what the future holds, let's take a second and just reflect on. It was sad to watch that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, I guess we don't have to deal with it because we're in one of the conferences that's not going away. Well, we do have to deal until with they it all in that, go away. Right. We do have to deal with it in that our, the Big Ten is being diluted. Like, is there the conference feel anymore? Now that there's 18 teams in it, like, is there an identity to the big 10? Right. In, in, because PAC 12 football, PAC 12 basketball all had distinctly different. It had a a different identity to it. It was a different way the game was played. Um, Because you love Bill. I guess so much. That was the identity of college basketball for you and the pack. Just, just delighting in Bill Walton and his non sequiturs. They were your favorite thing. Pac-12 mm-hmm. basketball mm-hmm. after dark. You couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exhausted I really hope thinking about it. Uh, he starts doing Big Ten games. <laughs> West Coast Big Ten he games. Will. He will. And we'll all have to live with that. Uh, <laughs> Bill Walton's like a like a pumpkin beer. It's fine once a year. I don't need more than that. Uh, Most of that six pack just sits in the fridge. You kind of like reach around it. I got one downstairs from last year. Uh, But uh, yeah, it was a bummer. Um, You you had a note here about the the Title IX Oregon case, um, which I wanted to chat about and I... We can we can take a quick detour onto SD4L for a second too. Uh, so there have been lawsuits filed against, uh, I believe, Oregon and uh, its two primary uh, NIL collectives for not being Title IX compliant because of the affiliation with the school, which is the intriguing part of this. Mm-hmm. So a collective can be a collective on its own, but as soon as there is a an integration with the school, much like SD4L has with Michigan State then you have to be Title IX compliant, um, giving equal opportunities to men and women's sports. Um, and so the allegation there is that they're not, which, um, to your point in the outline, Kevin, and for listeners, is that these sorts of things that if, we, if we're using NIL as a way to fund football teams and football players, but they have to remain Title IX compliant, then that means less funding and resources for your football players. And right. thus, is that ultimately going to cause the acceleration of uh of, of college football's demise. I want to take this second to not talk about that and instead talk about SD4L because they did tweet out that they are, uh, we're going back on grand river. Uh, <laughs> they are, um, that they are, uh, title line compliant, which is great to hear. 
Love that. Fantastic. That's the um, most transparent thing we've heard from SD Pharrell. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about one thought I had, Kevin, and one that you had, which was, so we'll start with yours. It's wild that in this particular moment in time that we're sitting in, we have a brand new coach. Mm-hmm. We're hiring a bunch of staff. We have a roster that some of which we're looking to retain. Others, whatever. Uh, and then we have the transfer portal opening for new people to join our team. And early National Signing Day is approaching. Right. There is not going to be a, a, a greater moment of peak fan interest than right now. Not until next fall. And, and so it seems if I was SD4L, and one of the things that you said was a problem was a lack of fan engagement, mm-hmm. lack of fan funding for your NIL collective, which we'll get back to that in a second. But if that's one of the problems, then why wouldn't you capitalize on this particular moment? You got why it. wouldn't you say, Strike. hey, you know what we need? Yeah. What, your new coach where your hope is running over? You know what that coach needs? They need money. Mm-hmm. They need you to tithe. They need... Here's the collection plate. Throw your money in. Right. And so support coach, get him off to a good start. Blah, 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 blah. It rice itself. It's so easy. Like this is as, as dumb and as hacky as the nonsense that the political ads that you get. And it's exactly what they should be doing. Yeah. They should be saying, I need this money to support coach. Like this is, this is your shot. Not a single tweet. You're not, not going to get and any interest anywhere nearing this until football season starting to gear up. Three weeks before football season, two weeks before football season. But we need the money now. Yes, exactly. That's the thing. Now's the time that you need it. Now's the time that you need to make those monthly contributions for whatever your $75 hoodie voucher. Like, And it's like, hey guys, why don't you watch an NPR drive, mm-hmm. a PBS drive, and learn how to do this shit? Because you can get matching donations. Like, I mean, it is baffling to me and this that is, they are missing this moment. We've been tremendously critical of SD4L, and I think justifiably so. But this is the reason why, if they're acting in completely good faith, and they do have the university's best interest in mind, and they are just supporting the athletes, and maybe they are, maybe they aren't, it can't just be two guys. Like, Uncle, what's his name at U of M that just got kicked off the NIL board? Uncle T? Uncle T. Uncle Tommy is what I wanted to call him. I don't know what it is. But, like, it makes sense to have a board for multiple reasons. One, those people are all presumably giving a lot of money. And two, it's like a distribution of the work. It's a distribution of the credibility. Like, people are just going to... Regular people for whom $100 a month is actual tangible money. Right. Might be willing to, to part with that money for a cause that they believe in. And that's where all of the other elements of an organization come in. Other people being involved, being able to put in their own money, put in their own time. Take care of these types of things. You can't just have this weird shadowy organization that has one marketing video that does feature all of the coaches and has a voiceover from Darian Harris. Those are all very respectable, very credible sources. But other than that, it's just a black box. 
that no one knows anything mm-hmm. about. And it's haphazard, it's thrown together. They announce their tailgates like three hours before the game, basically. Like, this is why it can't, this is another reason why it can't just be two billionaires. Billionaires and air quotes well, there. And <laughs> and I don't think that, you know, I, I think they clearly, like, again, let's assume best intentions, right? Yeah. Because you're right, there are a whole bunch of credible people who who work with that collective. We should view it through the, through the lens of an early stage startup and that they've made some mistakes along the way. Um, but it, you, you hitched your wagon to one person that almost all MSU alum find insufferable. And that's Brian Masalam. And so I'm, I'm sorry. He doesn't have credibility, right? He is a piece of shit. Right. And, and, and no one likes him. He seems skeezy. And so that also contributes to no one trusting you. You cancel the contracts that makes people not trust you. But I have one other thing that I I think is worth considering too, is that you had Brian Masalam, your loud mouth, loud piece saying that, we got these billionaires. We got Steve St. Andrew. We got Matt Ishbia. And I have to wonder if when you're asking people for meaningful amounts of money out of their pocket, even if it's 10 bucks a month, yeah, that still is money to a lot of folks. Yeah. That's, and, and so like, let's not pretend that it's nothing to ask for $10 a month. It's something. And so, but when you say, when you say those things, when you say you have two billionaires, it's reasonable for ordinary people to say the dude who has more money right now than I will make in 750 lifetimes that like, yeah, I, the dude for whom it's fun money and it doesn't, he's got doesn't it. matter. It's a diffusion he's of responsibility. Yeah. I, I don't need it. They don't need me. They don't need my right. $30. Got, our armies, our Avengers are assembled. Yeah. Like, and, and so I think I think they made a mistake yeah. with that too, because I don't I don't have any empathy for lost money by Steve Saint Andre and Matt Ishbia. You're fine. Yeah, you're fine. Like I, like if, I, if truly, what they're doing is in the best interest of the university, in the best interest of the student athletes, great. I appreciate that. I personally benefit from it because I want to see yeah. my teams win. But like that doesn't come across. It's not clear it's not obvious we don't know that we don't understand it and i don't under i don't get this expectation that because you threw a tailgate on really short notice and you you printed off a page from your website with these weird packages and you taped it to the to the wall this is literally what happened i stopped by to see what it, what was going on at this place and then you're surprised that there's no traction on it it doesn't have any credibility right now. It makes no sense. So if this is what we're putting forward for NIL, I just don't understand how it's going to work out in the long term. Unless the billionaires yeah. continue to just support it because they want to, which could happen and should happen because it's fun money to them. If indeed they're actually billionaires. Anyway, uh, I, yeah, it, it, we, we know for sure, for instance, I, we should end on a, we know for sure that SD4L makes meaningful contributions to our basketball team. Mm-hmm. So Tyson Walker, who's probably the only reason that we've won any games at this point in time, is back because of SD4L. Because 
Tyson Walker had a nice paycheck available to him for sure overseas. Mm -hmm. He could have made a very nice living overseas, but is making a very nice living playing for Michigan State. That's great. Um, So it's, I'm not naive, and I'm sure that Xavier Booker, Jeremy Fears, Cohen Carr, Garrett Norman are also getting some decent chunks of change to be here as well. Like, I get that basketball is is well-funded by SD4L. You got to do something about football, though. Mm-hmm. We have a new coach. We got the transfer portal. Your roster's hemorrhaging. Like, you're missing the moment. And so I didn't mean to go down a whole runway of, like, bemoaning everything about SD4L. But, like, you are missing a moment right now. And so, I, you know, I hope that trust is not irreparably broken between the two, the football players and SD4L. But, like, I... It's going to be it's going to make for a longer program build for Jonathan Smith if we don't get the NIL component figured yeah. out. Uh you want, to, you talk want to talk about, about football college football playoff? I don't particularly except I saw that video with Michigan fans uh the announcement that they the get Michigan Bama. players. Yeah, players whatever it is. This isn't your daddy's Bama team. Like I know they just beat Georgia, but this is not your daddy's Bama team. Peyton Thorne had them on the ropes. So if you're going to get Bama, if you want Bama, this is the year to want Bama. But yeah, uh, he, you know, he's a college football robot and you're giving him three weeks to scheme against you. Yeah. Did, uh, did, did you happen to see, uh, my favorite, uh, version of Graham couch, by the way, is, uh, Graham couch throwing a temper tantrum. Uh, did you see his, uh, tweet about FSU and the Heisman not. vote? No. So, and I say this with all the love because I actually kind of, it's like, Graham will, Graham will find a good point and then take it to like the logical extreme of it. And so he's like, well, clearly Florida State's quarterback is obviously the best player in all of college football if he's the reason they're not in. So he put, apparently put him number one on this Heisman ballot. The <laughs> If this is supposed to go to the best player in college football, obviously it's him. It's uh, not a perfect argument, it? but uh, sure. Uh, it, it's which fodder, is why I say Graham throwing it. It's fodder for everyone Graham else. This is, this is like yeah. I won't rate Duke uh, in my rankings until they play a road game. This is why he's a columnist. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I was uh, that was good. Um, all right, you want to preview a couple of these games and then get to these Twitter questions? Yeah, let's do this real quick. So it's Wisconsin and Nebraska this week. Like I said, we're kicking off the uh, the conference season. Wisconsin is at home on Tuesday. And, and we'll be there. And this will be a can't read, can't read attended game. Uh, and you're not going to be surprised uh, by the by, by the team that you see. You know the Chucky, the Chucky Hepburns. You know the Tyler Walls. Um, John Blackwell is new. He's a six, four freshman who's playing a fair number of minutes, uh, and is having a, a pretty good year. You know, uh, he's a wing. He's, you know, shooting it pretty well. Um, particularly from the, from the free throw line. Uh, so basically kind of like what you would expect from this Wisconsin team. They're Ken Palm 15, 19 on offense, 24 on defense, 318, uh, for tempo. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, like Stephen Crowell is going to be there. 
you know, he's going to be a big dude. He's going to do the things that you expect this. You, you know, this team already we've played this team a thousand times. So games at home, hopefully that gives us the edge uh, for the Ken Palm 15 team versus, as we said earlier, the Ken Palm 19 team. So fairly even. Uh, then we go on the road and we play the Nebraska ball uh, on Sunday. And this Nebraska team, if you don't remember, is getting to be, let's say, um, experienced. Competent? Uh, there's a lot of juniors and seniors that make up basically the entire playing rotation at this point, um, with a little Jamaquez Lawrence, uh, sprinkled in, uh, but they are, where are my notes here? They are 45 Ken Palm, 21 on offense, 99 on defense, 254 on tempo, and they are undefeated, but they basically haven't played anyone except for Creighton this week. So our women's team loses to Creighton. Nebraska beats the men's team. Uh, so it's an it's an experienced team with some dudes kind of beaten up on... Uh, oh, they lost to Creighton. Pardon me. I had this backwards. Um, our women's team loses to Creighton. Nebraska loses to Creighton. Everyone's losing to Creighton. Creighton's the best team on the planet, basically. Uh, so they've beaten no one. They've lost the only team with a pulse, and they're kind of old. Boom. Previous. And uh, I'm going to butcher his uh, last name, but uh, Tamananga, yeah. uh, folks will recall, is the player that Tyson Walker told to shut the F up uh, last year. So that's the most relevant thing of that of everything here. Uh, well, Tyson else? Walker lost 14 pounds. I need him playing with an edge. Yeah, uh, uh, he did not look in that game like he lost 14 pounds. I don't People, when they lose 14 pounds, look emaciated. He looked fine to me. Well, he's already got to have like 2% body fat. Like Mm -hmm. he didn't have 14 pounds to lose. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, let's do these Twitter questions. Uh, First up, listener Mike Jones uh, asks or says, good luck to our former coach, Nick Saban. Roll Tide, am I right? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Roll Tide. Yeah. Uh, Nick, just let that hatred fuel you, my man. I mean, it is nice that he does not like that school either. Uh, next up from Mike Jones, if Florida State is upset they got left out of the playoffs, shouldn't they direct their anger at a group of cheaters who bumped them? One Washington versus four FSU, two Texas v. three Alabama looks like a legit playoff. I don't know. We'll see. It, it will be interesting to see once all the dust is settled and we know everything about this situation looking back and deciding whether or not it was appropriate that the cheaters were able to participate in this game. Yeah. It, it's wild to me that the committee didn't take any action, but I guess Ward Manuel's on the committee, so who, who's surprised? Yeah. Uh, he shows up for that. Uh, next and last for Mike Jones, uh, what do you want the first recruiting class for Smith to look like on short notice? I'm thinking 12 to 16 high schoolers and then big-time portal to fit your current needs. Class is currently ranked at number 96. Where do we think it finishes? It's not, I mean, none of these first year head coaches finish very high. Um, so I would say 40s, probably, something like that. Yeah, if we got to around 44, I think you'd be pleased. Yeah. Fine. You wouldn't be pleased, but you'd be whatever. Yeah. I mean, see, see where things shake out in the portal. 
I do expect some, uh, some portal activity here, but with Oregon State hiring their former uh, defensive coordinator to be head coach, does that reduce the amount of Oregon State, you know, roster attrition that normally would happen? Maybe. I'd have to think that it does, right? Yeah, probably, which they desperately need to be the case. Um, I do, do keep your eye on, too, as we're looking at the portal and the ads that Jonathan Smith makes, it's worth paying attention to the class year that he adds from. And because that means if he's, if he's adding younger, those guys are going to be there for a while, mm-hmm. right? And they can't leave without sitting out. So it is, it'll be curious to see if he chooses to sort of, um, not quite scorched earth, but like if he just goes young, that'll be a choice. And, and that might be an indicator of how he's looking at his tenure here, which is to say that next year is going to be next year and I don't need to win right now. And that's okay. Which isn't to say that he's going to compete, but like he may say, let's win in two years. As we said though, the schedule looks good for a mediocre season next year. Uh, next up from Raymond from last week, didn't give us any more questions. I think Raymond's given up on us. So I I just pulled one in from last week. Uh, yeah. Because I think it's still interesting. Um, is the blessing of PSU's romp that the athletic director can point and laugh and say, okay, Dumplin' at Harlan during the interview? And I brought this in because Harlan obviously didn't get his interview, but he's still being retained. My question would be, in what capacity? Is this like a coaching role? Is this like an athletic department role? What do we... An what analyst we role. Yeah. Do we expect Harlan Barnett will be here in three years well what we do know is that uh our boy blue is out there recruiting right now doing in-home visits taking pics with with recruits and is clearly doing the secondary yeah so i don't know where harlan fits um and if it's if it's retained somewhere on the football staff, I think that's probably partly to help transition players. I think it's partly a, you got Delta raw hand. Mm-hmm. You, you can add, there's a value you can add, but like, let's give you a paycheck and you can find your next game. Like, I don't, I don't see him here in three years unless, but you know what? I will say the, the, the compelling component of Jonathan Smith's story for those who didn't get to listen to his um, uh, his press conference, is, and I, I imagine this is part of his pitch to recruits, is that he went to Oregon State as a walk-on and was promised that he'd get to compete for, be treated the exact same as everyone else. He'd get a chance to compete for, for, for playing time just as like everyone else. Lo and behold, goes on to be a three-year starter at Oregon State, taking him to Fiesta Bowl. Like, Oregon State had, has had two good moments in its football history, and he's been part of both of them. <laughs> and so, like, the, the, the point of that, though, is that uh, something tells me he's that that was a very formative experience to him. And so, who knows, maybe Harlan's able to show the value that, such that it's worth, you know, Harlan staying on staff. Uh, I, we'll see. I, we do know, or we have a good sense that Harlan 
would have made a lot of different choices about the way the defense was run mm-hmm. if he had been in charge. So, But he's not going to be the coordinator. Uh, Next up from Dan Hellpepper. Last week, you guys forgot or at least misspoke the hilarious fact that John L. Smith's coaching rep was made through his prowess as a defensive and special teams guy, referring to him as an offensive genius. What would be the second funniest fact about John L. Smith to forget? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I can tell you the funniest fact that John L. Smith forgot, which was that Devin was on his roster uh but otherwise i mean honestly i didn't know that about john l smith yeah we weren't here when he got hired we were here when (laughs) when he got fired (laughs) when it was all comedy (laughs) Uh, to me the funniest stuff happened after he was gone going bankrupt on a really terrible like real estate deal wait the boots the 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 slapping himself the the, smile is better than slapping himself but that happened at arkansas yeah not here but what i was saying is and then the most memorable stuff and mount kilimanjaro being the thing that the the tv announcers talked about time after time after time time. like yeah i I just smile The, the uh, worst no. part about the slap is that it makes sense. If you know the whole backstory, it makes sense. It's just, uh, it's a perfect example of how you can't, it's timing. You can't tell the joke at the wrong time. Can't make the reference at a wrong time. It just, it had no context. But the slap itself and what he was trying to say made perfect sense. He just, he clearly rehearsed it and was like, oh, that's right. I'm going to use this at some point. Remembered it at the end of his press conference. Slapped himself. (laughs) Lesson learned. (laughs) Next up from Dan, uh, bigger handicap. Uh, The playoff committee jokers should have considered FSU with backup QBs or U of M with Harbaugh back on the sidelines and without the opposing sidelines signs. (laughs) I would add for myself. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, it's unsurprising that Iowa didn't score. I think Fox, their Twitter account said that MSU's defense was like, they're not MSU, I'm sorry, U of M's defense was like dominant. I'm like, no, it was Iowa. But it is telling that U of M was held to several. That The farther they get along in time... (laughs) Uh, things just don't look up for them. <sighs> Next up from Shame. Johnny C. Spartan, concerned <laughs> that Smith didn't recruit Lovett? I'm not. I mean, it, it's concerning now in this could've particular moment. Could have used it now, probably. But, but it's worth remembering that he did land a top 100 quarterback mm-hmm. in Aiden Childs. So like, you know, it's it, it's not like he didn't know that there was good talent there. He just chose different good talent. Right. That doesn't mean Sam Levitt's a a bad player. Again, we would love to keep him. Yeah. Um, but it, like, I think I think Sam Levitt's going to be a great quarterback. I, I am sure we are going to hate to see what he does in his career. It- but on one hand, he's like a teenager and he's like a jock and he, 
you know, is one of those guys that's had success and then got miffed. On the other hand, this whole like, he skipped me, I'm out of here thing. It's sort of like, have the call at least, right? Like, have a chat. Yeah, I think I think they're not incompatible, though. He's a teenager. Yeah, this is just me, I think, being a beta. I would have like sat down with him and been like, well, 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 (laughs) my how the the turns tabled. Hmm. Um, I would have enjoyed that moment. But, uh, you know, I've never been yet well, a Division One college quarterback. Related, Kevin. Uh, Beth Amaro asks, uh, what's your take on Sam Levitt's reason for leaving? Understandable or short-sighted? Uh, I guess the argument I just made was short-sighted. Like, you had an opportunity at a Big Ten university to be the incumbent so to speak. Right. And you, you kind of pass it up. Yeah. And in the way that, I mean, we talked about, there's only a handful of head coaching jobs that, and so it makes sense why Jonathan Smith would leave Oregon state. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sam, there aren't too many of these. Yeah. Like, um, but you know, I respect it. I understand it. Yeah. Uh, I, I understand petty. Uh, Beth next asks also any insights on Harlan's role under head coach Smith Uh, we just touched on that uh, and asked next uh, what would be a more appropriate Christmas gift for him a green swing line stapler stapler or a Choco Choco Bolo desk I don't know what Mm. this is Mm. here comes a googling everybody open a tab and search for Choco Bolo desk Oh, it's a Better Call Saul reference? Man. Cocobolo. Cocobolo. It's a hyperlux mm. and sensationally cool desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, green swing line. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Sorry, uh, Beth. We failed you on that one. Next up from Spartan 18770, Plum. Oops. How will you deal with a month of Michigan fans chirping on this app, knowing full well that Harbaugh and company will get trucked by Bama in the playoffs? I'm not sure that we do know that, for the record, because uh, I'm not sure that this is the Bama of old. Um, but how do you feel, Jonesy, as our most chronically online? I don't. I don't know. I don't care. I like. I, I mean, I, I guess I'm firmly of the opinion that they cheated mm-hmm. and so i do hope they lose because I, I someone needs to stop them yeah but i and and i don't want them to have any more joy yeah but they're all at this point in time being joyful when they should know that like they should know this doesn't count was that actually, and, speaking of being online, was that actually Connor Stallions at the bar in like full U of M regalia? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, Bro, wild it looked wild stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, um, I mean, it's the stated position on this podcast that we don't like them. We don't want them to be happy. Uh, and we 
personally enjoy it when they're sad. So I want that to happen. And also it would be just for it to happen in this case. Mm-hmm. And in all cases with them, honestly, um, I think it's really sad. Uh, Santa Ono's online presence. I think that's probably the online presence that bothers me the most. That. Um, but uh, yeah, I really hope our old coach pulls one together for us. Uh, next up from Spartan 18770, which fan base is in a better place mentally? MSU, where half our team is looking for a new team to play for and the realization that we are in for another five-year rebuild, or Iowa, who, as long as Ferenc is their coach, they will never win anything and it will be considered frauds. Well, uh, for the first one, do you buy this, this five-year rebuild situation? Um... I just think that it, I, like, it, it, it's so different now. Like, I, I'm not expecting buy, us to be the next Washington. That's too much to hope for, too much to ask for. But, like, five years. There's a lot of transfer portal. There's a lot of stuff that can happen over that time. It's not just our program. It's other programs as well. There's just more volatility in college football than there was before. But. I think it, it, it depends on what you consider the build, though, right? Like, if you're building something that has a meaningfully high floor mm-hmm. as a program... Which is what we that want. Takes, that takes time. Mm-hmm. It, it, it Transfer Portal can solve for you for a year, maybe two at a time. But you're, you're far more susceptible to the, the ebbs and flows... It's what we just saw if you with don't, MSU. Yeah, if you don't build a meaningful foundation. And so I, I like, I, I think five years is, is long to begin with. Um, is that five years it, like, until think, you're contending for championships or five years until you're even like semi-competent on the field? Let's, uh, let's call it. Yeah. And, and so that's the other, right. That's the other piece of it. I, I assume five is competing for meaningful things. Um, because, I would suspect, I would hope that in two to three, that the mouth breathers that make up the rest of the Big Ten, we are comfortably handling. Mm-hmm. But anytime we encounter a big former Big Ten West team, we are unconcerned. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm on board. Next up uh, is so, and also Iowa, they're going to be Iowa forever. They benefited unbelievably yeah, from being I, in the Big Ten West. I think. I think we're in a better place mentally than them. Yeah. Next up from Nate C. Uh, we're only going to grab two of these. Uh, my timeline is full of people I thought were MSU fans rooting for, uh, rooting for presumably other schools. At first, I thought they were playing uh, U of M, but they're not. WTF. I don't know what this is in reference to. I think people were just excited watching other sports games. Uh, I don't the- know. Nate, uh, I... I don't follow it either. We don't tweet about other games. Yeah. Um, Next up, I like this one, uh, or at least how it starts. Now that George Santos has been expelled, which position coach should he be hired as? I hear he's basically the best at all of them. So, (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think there's an obvious replacement in Nickelback and uh, special teams coordinator. (laughs) (laughs) 
Next uh, up from the key ski, as a reigning Twitter champion, why did Grooch have courtside seats? Is he part of SDRL? <laughs> Again, it pays to be Jer Bear's arm candy, you know? It 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 has its trappings. Uh next up from the key ski, uh does MSU have some kind of Twitter Illuminati? If you have to ask the question, Kiski. If you have to ask the question. Next up from the search, uh, how do you feel about recruiting since the new regime took over? And what do you think about the return of is for me? Question mark. Um, I don't think we've got enough we we don't have enough body of work for the new regime in their recruiting. Although certainly they're hitting the road. There's no doubt about that. They're making appearances. They're popping up all over the place. Um, I also, I I think we've got to assume that there's a degree to which this is going to be a, um, at, at times underwhelming, it, or it, it, there's going to be less star chasing for sure. And so I don't know that uh, I'm going to be all that jazzed. I haven't gotten into the peer groups of, you know, the sort of offer peer groups of any of the, the recruits that we've been offering because historically we haven't, we haven't placed too much emphasis on anyone unless they're a super high profile recruit until they commit. So TBD. Um, but they're, there is a track record of Jonathan Smith evaluating talent and then taking that talent, using its skill set, and putting it in positions to win. So, um, not not jazzed about it, but uh, I don't know how to be jazzed until we get a commit and then I can start looking at peer groups. Uh, next up, Ed Marie. Uh, oh, at what point you, should we be worried where'd about. Where'd you go, Michael Jones? I lost you. Uh, had to do a little cough. Uh, at what point should we be worried about the coaching staff, especially defensive coordinator, not being complete? Uh, we're in the ballpark of, I hope that serious conversations have been had and maybe there's a background check happening, right? Yeah. The thing is, I, I don't want it rushed at the same time, you know, like Tucker had to hastily put together his staff. He never really took the time to to reevaluate it, which was a big problem. But like, we do, we do have a moment. It's worth getting right. And it's worth allocating those resources in the correct way. So I'm not worried yet, but it would be nice, you know, if we finish this up by like this time next week so we could talk about it. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. Good for the content. Mm-hmm. Uh Next, Marie. Next from Evan Marie twenty four. Uh, does the chaotic weekend of ba- college basketball make you feel better about MSU? I don't know who lost besides Purdue, um, who got buoyed. Uh, but um, college college basketball is chaos. Yeah. And the answer um, is no. And no. <laughs> the I can only answer for myself, and the answer is no. I mean, the defense does seem to be actively improving, but. If this team is three-point shooting like this and it never recovers, like, you're not... Yeah, they're going to... Because they're going to shack Edie. Yeah. And, like, you're not going to get to the rim. I I don't... Uh, I don't see how this is a even a second weekend team right now in the tournament. 
tournament team, definitely. Yeah. But like, this is an anemic shooting team, and it's a problem that we need to fix. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care what's happening with the rest of the field. It's a us thing. Uh, next up from Ali. I've been in Ann Arbor for a week, and it sucks. Send help. Ali, mm. I'll be there tomorrow. Hit me up if you're still in town. There you go. If you're listening to this, yeah. Ali, day of today. Yeah. I, I'm Remember. literally driving there right now as you are listening. <laughs> I'm I'm driving. Uh and then next up Thomas- be in East Lansing the next day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Thomas Zambiasi. How much will I have to think about recruiting under this new coaching staff on a scale from two-star running backs to spilling pancakes in the passenger seat of a Lambo? I think it's a split the difference situation, right? Like, I still think that the D'Antonio regime under-recruited MSU's station. Just never quite figured it out. MSU as a brand should have been recruiting higher than his staff ever yeah. really did. But I also, as we just discussed earlier, the Instagram stuff and the photo shoots and the cars on the field was so weird. And that foreign. doesn't feel like Jonathan Smith. Yeah, I think it's going to split the difference. Um, I think I will- don't even think I don't even think the dumb Brian, Brian Kelly thing with the camera going around. You know, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that that he did. Uh, he didn't uh, seem to understand how cameras. it works. He just sort of like followed it around. <laughs> I where we've talked about this, but where are you right now? Where is MSU's natural position in the recruiting rankings? Where should it average just by brand and cachet and in station? 20 to 15. Yeah, I think so too. High teens is where it should be generally. Some some years it's higher, some years it's lower, but high teens. Yeah, and and frankly like at that level, here here's the other thing. At that level, particularly if you're if you're getting closer to that 15 mark, you are getting enough four-star players at that point in time, particularly now with the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. You're getting enough four-star players that you have a sufficient depth of quality talent. Yeah. So, it, like, is it nice to be a top five? I'm sure that feels really good. I don't know what it's like, but I'm sure it feels really good. But I don't think it's necessary to be actually competing at that level. I was going to say, I, I, Penn State has shown us that you can right. far over-recruit the product on the field. Yeah. Because it, ultimately, college football is a developmental league. And talent identification is really important. And it's a place where coaches matter more than I think they do at the NFL level in some ways. Um, and, and let's not forget that the NFL is filled with two and three and four star players. It's not just comprised of five star dudes. In fact, it's far more three stars. So like it, while I suspect that we recruit at a, I, I, I hope we recruit at a, at a quality level. I'm not particularly concerned about, again, there's a track record of Jonathan Smith developing talent and identifying talent that fits what he's trying to do. Next up um, from Thomas, since we don't have a bowl to watch, what games will you be paying attention to? Bama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
next up from Joe Ashworth. I place a bet prior to the football season that's a bit of a Faustian bargain. Michigan to win the national championship, the Lions to win the Super Bowl, and MSU to win the basketball natty. What would that pay out is my initial question. Also, can you yeah, is this a parlay? this state if these three things happened? It would be bananas. Um, I'm betting none of these three things happen, but it does hurt that Michigan winning the national championship is the most likely of the three. I hate it so much. By far. Um, next up from Joe, do you think the casino will offer me a buyout if the bet on the bet if Michigan wins at all? I bet you they offer you a buyout if Michigan wins at all and the Lions win a playoff game. And then take that buyout, my man. <laughs> yeah. Next up from Tyrone Plum. Biggest shame. A, U of M getting... Uh, to the playoff, essentially stealing a spot from a team that has earned it the right way. B, my ex getting alimony after you ming me with at least three other dudes. And C, Coach Brian Kelly being allowed to still coach and have videographers. It's been a while since we've had a Coach Kelly is a murderer reference here on the podcast. I just made... I just. I just made the joke. Oh, okay. Well, about we, him not knowing what to do with cameras. We uh, I we had a good haul, but uh, <laughs> that like the day since last injury workplace sign that just rolled all the way back to zero. Um, I just want to say, Tyrone Plum, what's not a shame is that you tagged Brian Kelly in this, mm-hmm. and that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh. Also, C, the Brian Kelly one, is the only one where someone dies. So I'm going to choose that in that case. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, all right, next up, John I Hubbard. Was, I was told by FSU's uh, head football coach, president, and athletic director that truly no greater an atrocity has ever been committed than them being uh, out of the college football playoff. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is John Hubbard. Uh, what flavor ice cream do you think the dairy store will make in honor of Jonathan Smith? Perhaps something with salmon flavor in honor of his Pacific Northwest roots. I was exact. I was like, what's the flavor of the Pacific Northwest moss. I don't know. <laughs> we'll go with that. You're the flavor Oof. person on the podcast. What, what, uh, what's a West West coast, uh, flavor of ice cream. I don't know. He's from L.A., so it's going to be something weird. I, I don't know. There you go. Some sort of fusion. Uh, next up, Mamapalif asks, uh, what would it take to get Plum off the island and back in time to take over reading the humorous questions, a.k.a. last week at 1 hour, 49 minutes, and 30 seconds, with the pacing and cadence necessary to give the intentional literary phrasing its due? Even the Grooch said it was, quote-unquote, good comedy. Mamapalif, these are questions... Not opportunities for you to pump yourself up. No grandstanding, Mamapalif. Next. And with that, we're going to keep him from you for another week, Mamapalif. You lost him. You lost your your plum privileges. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll deliberately mute his microphone. Uh, Next up from Mamapalif, is the trade-off of more playoff games coming in 2024 worth the dilution of rivalry games, or do you just chalk it up to A, giving the fans what they asked for, B, corporate greed, or C, evolutionary occurrence? Well, the 14 playoff was stupid. 
it was a necessary step in the evolution, but it probably didn't yeah, out need of to last BCS. this long. It, it was yeah. funny to me how fast the 12-team playoff just happened. It was like, oh, okay, we had a meeting, and now this is happening. <laughs> I just, it, it's baffling to me that they're like, hey, so there are five conferences, and then we've got all these other conferences that occasionally have a really good team. Let's put it at four. Four teams. Yeah, that, like, when you six at least, was so clearly on the table. Yeah, you could have done six with a bye pretty easily. Um, but there were, I mean, there was a lot of pearl clutching in that time about like, these are student athletes and they're clearly not anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, that's fair. Uh, next up, upper deck jerk guy. Uh, how do you think Holloman will do for the rest of the year? Uh, We're seeing growth out of Trey Holloman, but the, the times that he's done well, it's been against the subpar opponents. Yeah. Next up from the Protector guy. Uh, so will someone on the U of M team call a timeout they don't have and cause a penalty that keeps them from having to vacate a championship? This is this is good content. Take mm. notes, Mimopoly. This is good comedy. Uh, uh, Greg, uh, will you? How big of a chub will you get if Phil Parker becomes the DC? Is the <laughs> last question from the Protector guy. <clears throat> you're looking up who phil parker is maximum uh he's, he's the iowa defensive coordinator and oh and u of m alum that's right uh, no he's an msu alum or yes that's what i meant msu alum pardon me uh where did when did he play like would that have been uh late 80s something like that sure okay um i mean sure it would be nice stealing a very uh, successful coordinator from a in-conference opponent. I don't think we've done anything like that before. So that would be quite the move. I also, I don't think he moves. Uh, I think he's pretty loyal to Ferentz. So if that's going to happen, I think Ferentz has got to retire. Well, Jonathan so. Smith has a lot of money to throw around. Yeah. And uh, Phil Parker's been to East Lansing. Knows it well. Yeah, and he knows how cheap those buckets are at Crunchies. All right, Greg, it's been a good pod. Let's call it quits while we can. And uh, we got a we got a game to go to on Tuesday. We got a game to watch on Sunday right before we record. And with any luck, hopefully we'll have a defensive coordinator to talk about next week. So until then, go green, go white. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Priceline. 